forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary, scary stories, stories to, to tell, tell on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about that happened to you or your cousin. Um, <laughs> we are primarily a comedy podcast. We're sort of like chatty comedy people who like ghosts. This is not a well-researched, um, research-driven podcast. This is the opposite. Yeah. This is um, very much like break room talk if you worked at a Gap staffed by stupid people who love ghosts. Right. That's what this is. Yeah, this is very much your aunt telling you about the hanging person in the background of The Wizard of Oz. And you're like, I don't Uh, think that's really it, but... Scare me. (laughs) Scare me, You know about the hanging person? (laughs) It's a beloved children's film. Good for you. Well, great. Well, we have asked, and it's been answered, we've asked for your holiday scary stories, and you guys sent them in. And as our little Christmas gift to you and your little stocking, we're going to read them to you. I can't wait. We got some really good ones. You all really, you turned out all the stops. Kind of unbelievable. Is it turned, it's pulled out all the stops. Turned out all the stops mean, means nothing. Pern, I think it's perned up on <laughs> the tops. Yeah, I think and it's. that's from the Welsh. Right. It's Perry Como Chocolate Pops. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, uh, above the Mason-Dixon line. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, Below, it's called Pop. <laughs> and uh, I, have a very, I have a very good story um, that I would like to share with you if I could. Please. Uh, so this one is from Mary Beth, and the subject line is Spooky Ghost of Christmas Past. Uh-oh. Hey there, longtime fan, first time emailer. Love the pod and basically have tried to force listen the pod on so many friends. <laughs> basically, good. The, <laughs> good, good. This is what we want. Uh, basically, the Gretchen Wiener of scary stories told on the pod, trying to make it happen. God love you. Thanks, Mary Beth. So, my spooky Christmas tale. I'll try to keep it concise. Quick backstory, my sister and I have always been a bit sensitive to different energies, whether that is a bit of a psychic sense or just uh, otherworldly sense. It's been there. I also have always had very vivid dreams and nightmares that I remember since I was young. A little plot device for the future story that happened. AKA, I have wild and crazy dreams. But there is always something that is an indicator of clearly this is a dream that signals that this is not reality. I also tend to move and switch around in my sleep a good bit. I could go to sleep lying like a mummy, and then by the middle of the night, I would turn to 90 degrees and sleep with my feet hanging off the side of the bed perpendicularly. Uh, I don't know about that, Mary Beth. Yeah, that's hard. That's tricky. She's Mary Beth, you gotta not be a square. Mary Beth, that's dark sided. Sensitive. That was very dark sided. A few years ago, my now husband, Matt, and I were going to visit his family for Christmas. Matt grew up in the Boston area, and his dad now lives in the Cape. Matt's dad moved to this house about eight years ago, so this is not the house that Matt grew up in. This was one of my first times really driving around in the Northeast. I grew up in Texas. So, seeing all sorts of homes and buildings from the 1600s, my comment out loud was, wow, this place has to be so haunted. <laughs> this is you were per- setting yourself up. I mean, come on. Yeah, this is you. You are asserting yourself as the Joe Beth Williams of this movie of your life. 
Um, as we drove from Boston to the Cape, he laughed as I just kept commenting on all the old buildings. This was the first time that I had been away from home and family for Christmas, and it was my first time with his family for a big holiday. His, my husband's family is wonderful and really made me feel so welcome. It just happens that my husband's mom passed away about 10 years ago, so I never met her. For Christmas, it was the family unit of his dad and his partner, sister, and us. We had a wonderful time together, drinking wine, playing cards, and just hanging. We were newly dating, so in line with old school traditions, we did not share a room. Also, wow, newly dating to go spend Christmas with your new boyfriend's family is a film. That's a film. Also, like, what is newly dating? I need to know. That's true. Because, in, I mean, in this day and age, in this workaday economy, could be years. Yeah. Um, also, I do love the tradition of if you're not married, you're not sharing a room. My parents also subscribe to that. Oh, my God. My parents absolutely subscribe to that, except for Jason. Like, the last wow. time he stayed out there, my mom was like, and you guys can sleep on the futon if you want. <laughs> like, they could tell he's a good um, one. I guess it doesn't count because it's technically a couch. <laughs> um, so Mary Beth and Matt are not sharing rooms. I was shown to the guest bedroom on the same floor as his dad while Matt was sequestered to the basement. Two floors between us. Leave room for Jesus and all. <laughs> oh my God, two floors. The first night we were at his dad's, we parted ways on the stairs and went to bed. As a side note, I have worn glasses slash contacts since third grade and have pretty horrid eyesight. So I go to sleep like no big deal. Like I mentioned, I had shifted during the night. I woke up lying in the middle of the bed, having turned from lying down straight to my feet hanging off the side of the bed. Mary Beth, this is wild. Mary Beth, ma'am. Ma'am. When I woke up, it was pitch black. I'm not talking dark, but there was no light or color difference. It's like all the light had been swallowed. When I opened my eyes, however, there was a different patch of light directly above me. It was the perceivably it was the perceivably an off black color, almost shaded light black, like there was a gray entity above my body. I didn't feel a perceived threat. I did, however, feel a different energy of someone or something also being in the room with me. When I tried to sit up, I could not move my torso to sit up through this colored space above me. It was not threatening, but rather just more a here I am kind of energy. <laughs> That's our primary. That's for Anna, you and me. Here I am energy, gray entity, not wanting to take up space, but also don't step on me. Um, The gray space above me was heavy and weighed down on me. I could not move through it. The negative space above me resisted me moving through it. Now, if you're thinking, oh, that must have been sleep paralysis or a dream, everything else in the space was totally normal and uneventful. In a typical dream, something totally weird like an acid trip would happen, a.k.a. all of of a sudden my dog from childhood would have walked into the room and tipped a top hat to me sort of thing. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Absolute dream. Give me these dreams. As I tried to sit up to shift back into normal sleeping position, I couldn't. I said in my mind, I understand you were here and I don't mind, but I'm going back to sleep. I wiggled into a different sleeping position, looked at the clock, realized it was 3 a.m., and tried not to freak out that it was bewitching hour. Is that the bewitching hour, 3 a.m.? I think witching hour. Yeah, I think it's 3 a.m. Wow. It also is alternately midnight or 9.15. Yeah. I remember one I time. 3 a.m. It's that, that's the time in a lot of TV and movies. I, I do find that a scary time. I My brother once, like when I was scared as a little kid, um, he came in my room and it was after midnight. And he was like, listen, like the witching hour is over. Like there's nothing to worry about for the rest of the night. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> it was very sweet. Um, Such an excellent father-like older brother. I know, I know. It's a rare skill. 
Okay. Uh, so the next morning, Matt and I go off to get coffee. We were uh, trying to we were we were newly dating again, so trying to keep the concept of me being a sensitive ghost person to a minimum. <laughs> As we were oh driving God. along, I'm also texting my sister to say, "You will not believe what happened. I think there was a ghost situation last night." She was also semi freaking out. As I told Matt casually about the ghost encounter, he goes, "Oh, I should have told you. That is the bed my mom died in." Matt's mom. Um, on Matt's mom, ma'am. Ma'am. First of all, <laughs> don't die in a bed. Go somewhere else. You to ruin the bed. We cannot. We are not Laura Ingalls Wilder. We cannot die in our bed at home. We must die no. in a in a electric bed in a hospital. Take a walk. Take a walk. <laughs> to die during a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's mom had passed away about 10 years ago in the house they grew up in about an hour away closer to Boston. Uh, The guest bedroom bed frame used to be his parents' bed frame. Clearly a new mattress, but the same wooden bed frame. I told him, well, I think I met your mother last night, and I'm not sure if she liked me. What? I don't know. I get that you couldn't move, but you didn't feel threatened, and she was just saying, listen, I'm here, you know? Yeah, but she was gray. She wasn't like a lady in a dress. That's true. Hello. I know, but if she was, she wasn't, (laughs) if she was a lady in a dress, I kind of feel like she would be putting on airs and would be intimidating. She was like, I'm just a gray entity. Just want to heat, just here to low cat, like very casual, you know, very much baby Yoda in a, in a, um, that's my preferred spiritual form. Um, okay. We now giggle about this, but we both really believe that his mom was checking me out to make sure I was good enough for her son. I'd like to think she approves of me from beyond. I hope that she, I hope that is the case as we got married a year and a half ago. Oh, congratulations. Uh, whenever we go back to visit, we don't stay in that room. Clearly just a creepy little story of how I met my husband's mom. Cheers. Mary Beth. (laughs) Mary Beth, this rocks. Thank you so much. Oh my god! I, I I read along with the email because my brain doesn't work, and I I'm sorry I gasped before the turn, but you you can't you can't not tell someone that that's such a test at early in a relationship. I yeah. I guess like I wouldn't want to know. That's true. I think I mean I guess if you were a person who is intrigued by the beyond. Um, that maybe like the morning after you sleep in the bed, it might be fun to kind of talk about. Uh, but yeah, I would love heads up about who died in beds that I'm sleeping in. I guess I just don't think to ask. Although I'm realizing Anna, I, for years after my, my dad's mom, my, my grandma died. (laughs) She had a very nice bed that I would assume she died in. And then that mattress got moved into my room. So I've slept in a bed that someone's died in before. How did it go? Um, it went okay. It was good for the first couple years, and then the last couple years, it kind of um, it did that thing that that like fancy new mattresses do, where after a few years, um, it's really more aggressively telling you to get a new mattress, where like the center of it was kind of becoming concave. Is that yeah? Got like it. like when Chris and I would sort of like inadvertently roll into each other in the night. Oh no. Yeah, but that's how you guys met, right? That is how we met. Yeah, uh, my parents were renting out his half of the bed, and um, yeah, I mean, you, know, you just never talk to your neighbors. <laughs> we never do. Uh, but Mary Beth, thank uh, you so much for this. I I do think that your mother-in-law, um, your ghostly mother-in-law, uh, is a fan because I think if not, 
you you'd kind of run into a spookier situation where I think you, I think maybe little things would happen like maybe the napkins on your on your table would be folded a different way that you folded them or um you just <laughs> You your hear, your hair is parted in the center all of a sudden and you're like, no. <laughs> you hear um, a voice just go, oh, I, I guess people just wear denim out to eat now. I guess things aren't formal the way they were. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Yeah, I also, I do think that she liked you, Mary Beth, because I think if she didn't like you, she would have been like nice to you. It would have been like, oh yeah, it's so nice to see you. <laughs> but like, because she liked you, she was like, I don't have to put on airs with this little psychic little psychic gal. That's a very important point. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm also getting scared because I have, I ha- I went to, I'm so sorry to say this. I went to Prague at some point and <laughs> I got paid a per diem in cash. And it's like so much cash because their economy is so suppressed. And the face on their money is the scariest ghost man I've ever oh, seen. No. And he's just staring at me from this jar. Um, <laughs> Because I can't now, I can't like convert this money because who wants? Nobody's going anywhere. Who wants that ghost head? I'm gonna send you a picture of it. It's so I'd love scary. to see it, Anna. I just like while we were talking about ghosts, I saw his face like scowling at me, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> my parents, trouble. my parents have a bunch of busts of uh, figures in history, and um, some of them, the shadows catch them at just the right angle. Where they look like, you know, a reverend saying, you're all going to die. Like oh, that's no. very much the energy. Oh, my God. I do. This is such a nice little Christmas rom-com story. Has anyone written this sort of movie? Yeah, ghost. I mean, we have monster-in-law. We don't have ghost-in-law. We don't. Where it's like specifically going home for the holidays and meeting your mom's, that's your mother-in-law's really good. Ghost. Someone write it up. That feels like a vehicle for... Okay, it feels like a vehicle for Rachel McAdams in 2007, but today I'm going to say – I'm going to say this is a twist. I'm going to say like Abigail Breslin. That's how how time is passed. Yeah. Okay, wow. I was going to say Anna Kendrick. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely if we're going – if it has two songs in it, it's absolutely Anna Kendrick. Yeah, when they sing karaoke in the living room and you're like, why? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Was this in her rider? Um, I'm looking at Abigail Breslin. Yeah, she's 24. People get married at 24, right? Yeah, that's true. It's a good um, point. Oh my god. Well, good story. Um, I love haunted furniture. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, I also know that I'm tired because I was like, wow, the, I love the part of the, the story where you guys got coffee. That was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> Um, Anna, do you have a a story you'd like to share? I do. This story, um, I guess our niche is becoming, uh, dead grandma stories, which I absolutely have. (laughs) I guess Um, it's because everyone has a dead grandma. That's the thing. Uh, Yeah. Not to brag. I've got a couple now. Um, (laughs) and the thing is like, she this, my, my grandma passed away a couple months ago and it was very sad, but it's fine. And, um, but like she had just moved into a, um, like senior living center and like was able to be like, you get that. I want Irene to have that weird coffee table and I want this to go there and like was able to oversee all the stuff going places and then was like, okay, goodbye. And then like 
passed away, which like, it's nice to like, so I don't feel like her stuff is scary because she was there to like crankily decide who got what, um, which was, so like when I like hearing this, the story about like the haunted bed, I was like, am I going to be scared of the stuff I have? Cause I got a bunch of her, I asked her a bunch of her clothes cause she has like some really rock and leisure. I love the clothes you got from her. Wow. Oh my God. Maybe I should post the pictures online somewhere. I think I did a close friend thing, but. Uh, I was like, am I going to be scared of that now? But I'm really not because she would have loved that I had it. Right. I mean, this is the thing. I think when – okay, a couple things. When you have a close loving relationship with someone who passed away, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? It, it, it can be yeah. uh, uh, mysterious. Um, and also I feel like the act of delegating items unhaunts them. Like it's not oh, going to be yeah. haunted. If someone's like, you get this, they get this, blah, blah, immediately unhaunted. Oh, yeah. I mean, she didn't decide that I got her clothes, but I think that she would have been absolutely thrilled. Oh, yes. It was a spiritual delegation. Yeah. Oh, just one more thing before we move on to the next story. I just want to say, I think some people are ghosts and some people aren't. That's a great My grandma is extremely unlikely to be a ghost. Although I will say I sort of felt her presence while lighting Hanukkah candles, but like she's not like a ghost. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's just a visit. Yeah. Anyone can visit, but not everyone's a ghost. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's really important to bring up. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people who are unbothered don't become ghosts, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Um, if you're not looking to be a ghost, let things roll off your back, you know? We should do a poll online if, if people think they're going to be a ghost or not. That's great. That is much like, um, (laughs) somehow it feels like a a spiritual sister to, uh, our friend Emily Schmidt's um, poll of whether you think you're going to be a soft grandma or a bony grandma. <laughs> oh God, we're, I'm a soft. <laughs> this, this is a soft grandma podcast. We all know it. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of grandmas, uh, this email comes to us from Kelly. Great. And the subject line is dead grandma Stop by to say hi on Christmas Eve. Love it. Hello, Anna and Andrew. I have a holiday ghost story that's far more wholesome than horrifying. My paternal grandmother died of lung cancer when I was very young. She was an artist and spent much of her remaining life post-diagnosis creating art and crafting things to leave to her children and grandchildren so we'd always have physical things to remember her by. Oh, that's really sweet. Everyone has at least one painting of hers, and she also embroidered siblings and I's Christmas stockings. And over the years, gave out many handmade ornaments, so the holidays still have her fingerprints on them almost 30 years later. That's so nice. It's really nice. Oh, my God. Overall, my extended family is what you might call turbulent. (laughs) My grandma was generally able to keep her children in line, but without her influence, then things began falling apart. Addictions would spiral, long feuds and grudges would form, marriages ended bitterly, you know, those old chestnuts. And hey, chestnuts are Christmas. Oh. Um, And whenever those things would happen and there was trouble in someone's home, her paintings would mysteriously be tilted on their walls. (gasps) I heard this independently from several family members over the years, and we always figured it was her way of voicing her displeasure at a situation or letting the family know she was keeping an eye on them. My immediate family never experienced this phenomenon until one Christmas Eve about six years ago. I have a very cool aunt who had dogs instead of children. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this podcast is aunts who have dogs instead of children. (laughs) Even if you have children, your vibe is aunt who had dogs instead of children. (laughs) 
Um, and when she moved to Washington State, she renovated her home to have a large kitchen and dining room so it would become the de facto location for family Thanksgiving and Christmas, which it was for about a decade. The year she was going to move out of state, her things were all packed away, so we did Christmas Eve at my mom's place, where all of my siblings' paintings from our grandma hang. All in all, it was just a really nice Christmas Eve dinner slash going away party. You know those extremely wholesome, magical evenings where everything is going just right and you can feel the love in the room? It was one of those. After we said our goodbyes and I was helping my mom clean up, we suddenly noticed Every single one of my grandma's paintings in the hallway were tilted. Oh. Not just a little, but as tilted as they could possibly be without falling off the walls. I'm getting chills. And only her paintings, none of the other photos. Oh. They're up high enough that it's not something that could be bumped into on accident. And those paintings have gone through 4.5 earthquakes without tilting this much. We like to think it was her way of being a part of what was... what has so far been the last big holiday gathering our family has had and letting everyone know she still loves us from beyond the grave. Happy holidays, Kelly. Oh, Kelly, man, cry. Kelly, what a perfect grandma haunting. That's just the amount of haunting you want to do as a grandma. Oh, this is so beautiful. I'm so happy that you got to experience this, Kelly. I know. This is very sweet. What a good one. I also just like a little tilted thing. It is eerie. Yeah. But uh, especially like in a parent's house where you know that things are going to be hung properly. Right. Right. That is – although I will say my um, my dad's my dad's old law office before he started working from home, um, all of, he like had all these really great paintings in his office, but they were all just like barely perceptibly off balance and oh it would always God. make me very dizzy. And I'd be like, can I fix this? He'd be like, no, no, no. It's good. I think it's all fine. Which is kind of my dad in a nutshell. Men just are fine with things being a little bit bad. <laughs> um, oh my God. I think it's so funny. I'm like looking at the art that I have for my grandma on the wall and they're both hung up perfectly, which is nice. Um, yeah. My grandma had a lot of – my grandma had this, which now my mom has. Um, a when we got our dog Grit, there was another puppy there that my grandma really was close to getting. And she was like, I'm going to name that puppy Maisie. Um, and Aww. then instead she was like, she was getting too old to have a new dog. And it was a yellow lab. So it was going to be like a big, huge, like romping dog. And she was like, I can't do that. But then one day she called us and she was like, well, I got Maisie. And we were like, oh my God. And we went over to her house and she was like, well, it's just a statue. And one would assume, Anna, that it would be a statue of a dog. It is not. It is a statue of like a, a like a naked toddler. Um, what? Yes. It was one of the weirdest things. She was like, doesn't this look kind of like Maisie? And we were like, Grandma. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, How not, did it get in her house? Not like, um, not like, a, you know, it was, it, it's like a cherub, like a cherubic, you know, child sitting. Um, sure. and, and she had purchased it. I don't know where she saw it, uh, but she loved it so much that like, we couldn't bring ourselves to get rid of it. And so now my mom has it and she put a wreath around it. So it looks kind of like a Christmas cherub. That's nice. Yeah. It really, it, it, that's Maisie. I got Maisie. I mean, what a, you still call it Maisie? We do. I mean, we feel obligated to. It is you have to admit that the the statue of a child is very much like a living dog. <laughs> I know. My grandma had 
My grandma was, she would like feel very passionately about pieces of art. She one time, there was like an old family hutch that she had painted like aquamarine. And she asked me and my brothers like, well, what do you think of my hutch? And we were like, well, I mean, we kind of liked it the way it was. And she like very strongly was like, well, it's my hutch. So (laughs) (laughs) wrong answer, wrong answer, grandsons. Um, What about what's the art? What's the artwork that you've gotten? uh, I was about Um, to call you grandma, Anna. I'm, I can't wait to be grandma, Anna. (laughs) Um, uh, She did. She was big into adult coloring. Oh, Uh, yes. Like she did a lot of crocheting, but then she got arthritis in the finger that you use to crochet. Oh, God. So I think she then went for like her like tactile hand-based activities. She got really into coloring, which I have a, um, (laughs) this actually I'm going to send it to Chris Ryan, your husband of the podcast. (laughs) Um, It is a Disney Thomas Kincaid coloring book. My God. I don't know if he colors, but I don't know anyone else wholesome enough who would enjoy that. I I think Chris would be very passionate about coloring. I, we'll 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 figure it out. But um, I have a, a a high like a hand uh-huh. the high symbol. It's very Jewish that oh, she's yes. colored, which is and framed and gave to us for Christmas or Hanukkah. Um, it's really sweet. She gave it to me and my brother and our three other cousins. Um, which I love to have from her. And then I also have a little framed embroidery of, I guess, the, I guess the Ten Commandments or like a Torah. It's, hard oh. to say. it's a cross stitch. It's, it's really nice. It's a little wooden. It's like seven by nine, a little cross stitch of a, a something Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> it's either, um, either the Ten Commandments or a Torah. <laughs> if you happen to know what it is, please write in. Please write in, everybody. Um, but they're just really nice. I like her stuff. I have a bunch of her kitchen stuff. That's the main thing that I got from her. Oh, that's really um, nice. Both when she moved, she moved out of her house that was by the water during after Hurricane Sandy. And then she was like, here's a cheese grater. Um, and like a bunch of her plates, which are very hip. Um, she has good taste, as my dad has always said. Oh, there's nothing better than a grandmother with good taste. Yeah, it's still very much grandma taste, right. but like it's funky. That's the thing. There is a difference. There are catalog grandmas, and then there are grandmas who are out to make their own voice heard. You know. And you know what? Maybe there are grandma catalog grandmas who can do both. Exactly, um, I, I, and that definitely. Yeah, all the clothes that I have from her are from a place called Alfred Dunner, I think. Wow. Um, and some of them still have the tags on. Like she. Oh. Yeah, wow. Alfred Dunner. Do yourself a favor. Go on alfreddunner.com. This is not an ad. It's just a, <laughs> a helpful advice. Um, they've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. My grandma loved Chico's. She really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, really yeah. loved Chico's. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel, Anna, the, the fact that we had close grandma relationships is also very formative for us. Um, oh, yeah. Which means we like – we like entertaining, but we also don't like people to make too much noise, you know? Oh no. That's you the have sweet to spot. you have to participate at our at our volume level. <laughs> Can't be more than that. Uh well Kelly and Mary Beth, thank you so much for these wonderful holiday stories. Thank you both so much. We love Christmas. We love you guys. We sure um, do. We love your fam. Um, Anna, before we go, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Oh, 
Yeah, something spooky happened to me this week. Um, I went to text uh, my friend Allison Gates. Um, I went to text her a compliment, and she texted me something unrelated. And I said, I was just about to text you this compliment. And she said, you dot 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 did. <gasps> and then I scrolled up and saw that I had typed exactly what I told her I was about to type. Like, <laughs> And that the reason she was texting me is because I had texted her that compliment. Oh my God. And I was like, whatever I'm doing to my brain is not sustainable. <laughs> and I'm not going to like not have Alzheimer's, you know? Anna, I have to say I have done the exact same thing before. So I think that that might mean that we both, we both got bad brain bugs, but also it might, it might be not the worst thing. And at least it was like, at least it was a kind thing that you'd forgotten. You'd said, Oh my God. You know? Yeah. I wasn't the mean grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. You you stole my lamp. Yeah. I was Um, saying like, you're a pretty nurse (laughs) to like a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, I have to tell you mine, Anna. Please. Uh, So the other night, Chris and I were about to go to bed and. Oh no, the scary time. Truly, to me, absolute silence. And then Chris goes, did you hear that? And I said, what? And he said, that, did you, it just happened again. And I was like, the dishwasher? And he said, no, um, it was a sound kind of like, oh. And then he was like, weird. And then he went to bed and I was like, oh, good. I'll never sleep again in my life. Was he sleep talking? No, it was real. Although shortly afterwards, he did sleep talk in the morning. He turned over and said, at our house? And I said, what? And he said, what? (laughs) (laughs) So this is an ongoing ongoing Very much the energy of Vera said that. Oh yeah, deeply. I've told you. I've told you the his his classic um, when he turned over, looking at me, smiling so serenely, and he said, "What number are you on?" And I said, oh. and and then he woke up as he was saying it and had no recollection of that. He oh, only no. dreams about tests and um, high school and middle <laughs> school. That's all. That those are all his no. dreams and nightmares. He um, needs to do drugs. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but. A spooky thing that did happen to me that was actually spooky was uh, um, I heard Jason sleep talk the other <gasps> night. He said, what? Oh. And I was like, oh, weird. He's sleep talking. And then the morning I was like, and like the absolute um, smugness of being the partner yes. of someone who sleep talked was like, guess what you did that I know about you <laughs> stupid sleeping buffoon. <laughs> I went in absolutely smug as fuck and was like, Are you, I guess you were talking to your sleep last night, Mr. Sleep Talk. And he was like, no, you talked in your sleep. And I said, what? <laughs> That's why I said, what? <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, I've never been more humiliated in my entire life. <laughs> that, that is perfect. That's truly like perfect. Full on smugness. <laughs> Without fail, I that that has that sort of smugness always goeth before a fall for me as well. So oh, yeah. you're not alone. Um, everybody, we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Um, that you're staying safe, that you're in good health. Um, oh, and one more thing. Get, Get out. out forever. Yeah.
Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.